0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church podcast. My name is Craig Henson. I am your host. So glad that you have joined us wherever you may be. And I'm happy to be joined today by Family Ministries Pastor Casey Callahan.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And by Communications Director Kelly Zook. How hey are you guys, guys doing today?
1: Doing good, super.
0: Everybody's good?
1: Yeah, can't complain.
0: I awesome. could, but I, know. I shouldn't. I'm
1: choosing not to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have a whole lot to complain about, but no. I can invent things. I know. Like,
1: if I think really hard about it, I can come up with
0: something.
2: I mean, I did just get back from going <laughs> back home because I forgot bottles.
0: Baby, right? baby for my, bottles. my baby
1: phase for that we're in right now. Yes. <laughs> for, for most of my kids, like school age, I've got middle school and elementary, I can be like, nah, I just eat at school if I forget yeah. something. But in that it. baby vase, man, it's all on you. It mm-hmm. is all on you it's like an important thing bottles and diapers yeah those are important yeah kind of the most important things Mm -hmm. hey we've all forgotten bottles and diapers it's Mm -hmm. okay the last time we went through this phase it was together kelly and i have kids that are are, our daughters are three days two days apart two days two days apart that's crazy Um, We were in the hospital at the same time. So normally when we would forget something, the other one had it. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm out of diapers, and we could share. (laughs) Or, hey, do you have a bottle I can use? Or we forgot a pasty, and we were able to cover for each other. But you're on your own for this one. I didn't jump in for this last (laughs) baby. (laughs) You don't want to? No, I tapped out. I tapped out. Um, I'm done. I am so done. The next uh, Um. baby that – I will be responsible for will be a grandchild in about 20 years, I'm hoping. And uh, that's it. I'm tapping out for that the next just, couple of decades. That's wild <laughs> to hear you say. I that. Know, yeah. right? Ooh. I'll be a great, great, wonderful grandma. And uh, I can't wait a couple of decades to try that one out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a, a great way to start this podcast because we're in this series called Just a Phase. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the different phases of life. And kind of as it pertains to raising kids, but, but not simply that. Um, but you guys are right in the thick of it yeah um i'm about to be three year olds right yes mm-hmm. um and five months old three. four three, months, three old, months old Kelly, for you and spencer yes. yes so you you guys are right in i'm I'm past it all, you know, my kids are grown, yes. I have uh, two nine year old grandsons oh. that you know are almost to the place where like yeah pop take a take a hike I don't, I don't I don't need you right now, so <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You know, but uh, it's it's all good. They're, they still like to hang out with their pop a little bit, so. Yeah. So I I was in Walmart yesterday, and I think there were like three cans of formula yes. in the whole store. Like, what's going on with that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I will say that we recently switched formulas, and the formula we, that we use is one of the only ones that's normally in stock. Yay. Good Which switch. Is super wild. I feel like God was protecting us. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I—that I, is the most wild thing. It is. It is. Who is hoarding formula?
1: And, you know, it's crazy because uh, when our almost three-year-olds were in the baby phase, was in the thick of COVID, Mm -hmm. and so there was also a little bit of a formula scare then. I can remember, it wasn't as bad as it is now, but Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of a formula hoarding thing going on then. You're right. Um, And diapers
2: and wipes. And diapers
1: and wipes, like all these things. I don't know if it was a supply chain issue or people just hoarding things like the the toilet paper issue that we had, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, this needs to stop. Can we please? I <laughs> know.
2: Yeah. Just stop. For sure. I, mean, I these do are feel like important. it is more of a supply thing for now, this one. Yes,
1: yeah. it is. I think so too. But uh, it's no fun. I mean, it's yeah. You know, that first scoop out of a formula can is really satisfying for me. You know, it's like a full <laughs> thing, and you get yes. that like it's easy to get that one full uh-huh. first scoop. But then after that, you kind of have a panic set in, like with every scoop that goes out, you're like, oh, yes. trying to count. Like, I wonder how many more I'm going to be able to make. That's yep. not a
2: fun place to be in. No. No, and I feel for the for the other parents and grandparents and yeah. child raisers yes. that are just panicking and freaking out because they can't find formula.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary thing. So, hey, help each other out if you find formula somewhere. There you go. Post yes. about it. Let people mm-hmm. know.
0: Hey, part of the imagery that we're using in this series is this idea of how many weeks that you have with the child. Mm-hmm remind us how you know what that what that is Casey like you know when they're first born you've got this many weeks and
1: yeah so we start counting when they're first born you have 936 weeks until they turn 18 and like we know that kids aren't shipped off at 18 but basically research and life shows us that by the time your kids are 18 they're being influenced outside of the home more than from inside of the home so you have nine hundred and thirty six weeks of influence over your kids. And I am the world's worst about just wishing the hard stuff away. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. Oh, we're trying to potty train right now. And Rollins woke up. She did so good yesterday. She had no accident. She's wearing pull ups. We've bought big girl underwear and we talked about it. And today she was going to wear her big girl underwear all day long. And she woke up just not in a great mood this morning. Uh And I had already set out her underwear. And I was like, look, here we go. And I was like, let's go potty. And she just, I mean, she was just mean. There's no other word to say it. She was just mean. Just looking at me like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to. I get her dressed. I'm trying to get dressed. And it got really quiet. And that's a really bad sign. And I run around the corner and look in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And she's just standing in a puddle. She had used the bathroom in her big girl underwear.
0: And I was like, I just
1: asked you 27 times to go potty. And you didn't. And so now... Like, I have a meeting this morning. I'm on my way to work. We've got all this stuff going on. i got other two kids. I'm getting to school, and she's standing in a puddle of, you know what? And I'm like, oh, my word. Now I've got to, like, wipe up the floor. This is a phase, and I'm so ready for it to be over. But then I have to take a deep breath and remind myself that God created three-year-olds, and it may not always seem like it, but Mm -hmm. he created them for a purpose, and there's – something about her right now that I will never have again. And so I need to look at these unique opportunities as ways to connect with her, to love her, and to point her to God in a way that a two-year-old can't and a four-year-old can't. Mm. And so it's just looking at these things. We think that if you count the weeks, then you make the weeks count. If I see every week that, oh, I just lost another week of time, now I'm counting down even more, then maybe I'll be more intentional with the time I have.
0: Yeah, we. We have quite a few um, graduating seniors yeah. here at Marathon, and and I've talked to some of their parents a little bit, and they're like, "Dang, it's here! Yeah. Like, it's it's almost over for us, you know? Yeah, it, that that influence, and a lot of them are going off to college and stuff, and so it's uh, it's really hitting home with some of those parents."
1: Yeah, and it really does. They say not to ever say it to a toddler, or preschool parent that time goes by fast because. There's like 137 hours in a toddler day, but <laughs> it does. It it still goes by really, really fast, even when it doesn't feel like it. One day you'll wake up and say, "Wait, what? What just yeah. happened? Like, where did all that time go?" And time's going whether we want it to or not. So we need to be more intentional about it for mm-hmm. sure.
0: So Casey, you you have um, a thirteen, a ten, and about to be a three. Actually,
1: fourteen. He For, just turned fourteen. Oh, that's right. He just no, had a birthday, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so you you've kind of have this gap, but now Kelly, you have a about to be three year old and a newborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that like at the Zook house?
2: <laughs> you know, um, some days I feel like, man, this is this is awesome. Yeah, I'm loving this. This is so much fun. Um, Everly, our almost three year old, is such a good helper. She's so kind most of the time um we're also potty training though so Mm -hmm. um that was a little messy it was messy Mm -hmm. yesterday Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but, (laughs) but then there's some moments like um yesterday where they're both crying at the same time and then everly just starts crying because colby's crying and i'm like what why are you
0: crying (laughs) you're
2: not being helpful right now why are you crying it's like you need to stop i i it's like you know when you say things and you're like oh yeah should i have said that every day i do that (laughs) but yesterday i think i said like you need to stop because you know better. Colby doesn't know any better. But you need to stop. Look, some people just need to hear the hard things, okay? Everly just needs that's... to just
1: learn a tough lesson. You need here. to stop. <laughs> yeah, you just need to stop.
2: Don't don't doesn't that always work for us? Yeah. Like when someone says, Oh, yeah. you just need to stop feeling the way you're feeling.
1: Yeah, anytime a husband tells me to calm down, I just oh. immediately chill it out. Immediately it immediately works. works right? Oh yeah. Calm every down. T- oh. Every time. Okay. okay. Don't, I'll just take a deep breath. Don't be anxious. Right? Got it. Okay, good. Yeah. We're good. Let's move on. Yeah. Just a little hint about me. Never tell me to calm down.
0: Amy responds so well oh. to that. <laughs> I think it's a, a universal, universal
2: it rule. Is. Like, husbands specifically should not tell their wives to calm down. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Little marriage note there
0: just yeah. to help
2: you out you're welcome a little tidbit Yeah,
0: I'm a couple months from being married 38 years wow um, that's amazing and I don't know if I've learned that yet I try not to say it but every once in a while it's just an just automatic thing for
1: some guys I think that just it comes out without them thinking about it well, but see like I say it too but
0: <laughs>
1: calm down calm down
0: men are slow learners sometimes though it's <laughs> well, some, true
1: sometimes time over or, time yes
0: that's, that's right give yeah. them a
1: chance yeah <laughs>
0: So, Casey, uh, you brought this incredible message to us on Sunday, and you you talked about so much great, but you, you started with, with what you called the Hercules Syndrome. Mm. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and I don't think that this is only a mom thing. I, I think definitely moms can relate to it, but I think it's universal. We all feel like we have to be Hercules, some kind of supernatural person that can handle anything and you know look amazing doing it and do it perfectly and that's just a lie straight from the devil I mean Mm -hmm. we are not perfect creatures we are all fallen we all mess up every day and life is tough but we we sometimes we all the time feel Mm -hmm. like we have to portray ourselves as if we've got it all together even when we You know, don't we make a joke about it or whatever, and try to make it seem like, oh no, I'm I'm still good, I've still got it. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that, um, even though I think we're we're different behind closed doors, I think with our kids, we still feel like we have to have this Hercules Mm -hmm. syndrome. Um, There's a lot of people as we're talking about spending time over time and and how to make the most of your car rides and your bedtimes. There's a lot of people that think I'm not perfect enough to have these conversations with my kids. I need to get myself together before I can talk to my kids about God. I'm, I'm not quite good enough to do that, so I'm gonna kind of hide until I feel like I've got myself together. And the amazing thing about our God is that He works in our brokenness. And mm-hmm. I just really feel like we need to drop this facade that we all have up, and we need to, to let people see our hurt. We need to let our kids see our hurt. Um, my fourteen-year-old's going through a pretty big heartbreak right now, and I really find that the best way to get him to talk to me about it and to not shut off is to talk to him about my hurt and my heartbreak and and say, "I get it. Like this is this is tough. I remember. I remember having heartbreaks, and it's a huge deal. And I think when we show our weaknesses to them, it makes them show weaknesses to us. And that's how we help each other.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a great principle. And let me ask uh, you two ladies this. Do you feel any more pressure to not let people see because you're in ministry?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the short answer is yes.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why When I do speak, a a lot of what I focus on is showing my imperfections. I think Mm -hmm. because um, I want to be transparent and I think, you know, I worry about how I'm seen and then I get convicted about that. And so I feel like I just need to I I need to drop it in front of everyone um, because I feel convicted about it. But I, I can remember when my oldest was in elementary school, like third or fourth grade, and he had gotten in trouble, and I literally said to him, but do you know who I am and mm. what they're going to think wow. of me because of how you act? And that is so unfair to him to, mm. put, to put that expectation on him. But, yeah, I absolutely was like, what are they going to think of me as a person in ministry if my kid gets in trouble? And uh, that's a super unhealthy place to be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: very unhealthy. And I And I want people to know, yes, in our home, We love Jesus, and yes, we we try very hard to always make that a priority, but we are human. Like I Mm -hmm. mess up, I say things that I shouldn't to my kids, I raise my voice, my kid's getting in trouble, my house isn't always clean, actually my house is almost always messy. Like We are very much human, and Mm -hmm. just because I work for a church does not mean that I have it any more together than anyone else. In fact, I may have it together less because I work (laughs) for a church.
2: Yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. I can I can relate to that. Yeah, honestly, um, Craig knows um, this week, the beginning of this week was just really difficult for me. Um, and your message spoke so much to exactly how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I said the words like, I have the Hercules syndrome. I was talking to a coworker and, you know, I just I had this moment where God was really like. Well, at first, I think the enemy was really hitting me hard, and was like, "You're Mm -hmm. not supposed to do this Mm. at all." And um, I was just really questioning, oof, everything. Right. Um, Just just having a hard, a hard week, and um, just realizing that it was okay to not have it together, to need help, Mm -hmm. and to to just be like, "I I can't do this." Right. You know, like I, I. Help, mm-hmm. You know, right. I think it was it – ge- it gives you freedom when you realize, like, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just a really – it was a really powerful message. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that.
1: I, I think that somewhere in the church world, we've thought that the best way to lead people to Jesus is by us pretending to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And we think that the way that the community and the world – can can know who God is is by us being perfect little people. And the truth is we can't be perfect. So we're hypocrites because we're pretending to be when we're not. Mm-hmm. When all along, God showed us through scripture over and over and over again, he never used anyone perfect except for Jesus right. ever. Everyone else was so messed up. And it was in their weaknesses and in their brokenness that they were able to see God work. If we're perfect, yep. Where do you see God work? If I am yeah. always the perfect mom, yeah. when do my kids see God working in my life? And so that can't only happen behind closed doors. That has to happen where my kids have an audience to it. That's the only way that they are really going to have a a faith that's planted so deep in them. And so I think it's this, it's a really sad thing because I grew up in church where mm-hmm. I had to be perfect. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone had to be perfect all the time. But all that really did was turn people away from the church. And I think it's time that we realize in our brokenness is where God shows who he is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a staff recently, we've got a really heavy dose of this idea of authentic Jesus followers are the only hope for the Mm -hmm. gospel to take root in this coming generation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's y'all's kids.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No pressure. I know, right? <laughs> my
1: prayer, because my kids are here all the time, every day, nonstop. I mean, we're here all the time. My prayer is just don't let them hate the church. I'm like, God, just, right. no. just they're let here. them love the church. I just really, because you see so many pastor's kids grow up and just hate the church. Mm-hmm. And man, we are so lucky that Marathon is a church that's easy to love um, because Marathon is so loving towards everyone. Mm-hmm. My kids feel at home here and loved here. And I think that's important not to lose, because if we're not careful, the next generation will grow up hating the church, and and it's something we actively have to seek out to protect here. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Casey, you talked about letting your children, specifically, and others, see your scars. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you guys talk a little bit about that? And does that mean all of them, or Mm -hmm. some of them, or...?
1: You know, I think you have to be careful because your kids aren't your therapists, and they aren't meant to carry the heavy weights that Mm -hmm. adults do. And I have seen kids that are walking into our kids' ministry and our student ministry that are carrying their parents' baggage, and that's not fair. So I'm not saying go home and unleash all of your hurt onto your kids because they're going to try to fix it. I think that what you do is, when you're going through something tough, if it's at work, if it's in your family, if you have a hurt, if you have anxiety, be honest with it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give them all the details, but you can just say, I had a really tough day at work today. I didn't do a very good job, and and I was trying really hard. It meant a lot for me to do a good job, and I feel like I let people down, and talk through that with them, and, and give them scripture and truth with it, but let them know, because guess what? Your kids are going to come home, and they're going to say, I didn't do a very good job today. I got a D on this test, and I thought I was going to do better. And when we can give them real-life examples of how to handle some of that, then maybe they won't carry the anxiety that our generation does. Mm. Maybe they won't carry the depression that we have. Maybe it'll help them have a healthier way to do it. You know, if you... Chase and I don't fight a ton. We disagree a good bit, but <laughs> we, um, you know, we, we, Chase is a great guy. He, we have a, a pretty happy home life for the most part. But I think that it's good. You can't only fight behind closed doors because they still see that. They still know that. Yeah. So the kids know when we're disagreeing about something. And while we don't ever bring them into the arguments, because especially my oldest, he's a mama's boy and he'll take my side. Every time. (laughs) Chase is always wrong. So you don't necessarily bring them into the arguments, but they know that they feel the tension. They see something's going on. So I think you can say, we're disagreeing about something right now, and I said something that I shouldn't have, and I hurt his feelings. And so I'm trying to figure out how to apologize. Or my feelings were hurt, and I really need to hear an apology. And I think if you can show them how being an adult does not mean that problems go away, that this is how you work through things it will help them work through things and when you do it with God as the focus then they see God working through it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, again no pressure, but I I think that our our children's future marriages mm-hmm. are really dependent mm-hmm. on our marriages being authentic.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think just to relate to the show in your scars, I think that can relate to you know, your peers mm-hmm. and mm. um you know that kind of thing. I was. I'm thinking specifically. Um, you know, I really dealt with postpartum depression with Everly, mm-hmm. um, and it took me a long time. Number one to identify it, mm-hmm. and number two to accept that I was dealing with it. Right. Um, and when I finally did, um, you know, and I remember sharing with my life group for the first time, and and it was a moment of like, oh, mm-hmm. they know I'm in ministry. I'm supposed to be – I'm supposed to have it all together. I'm supposed to be perfect. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Like, this is not mm-hmm. – you know, do real believers believe, d- right. deal with depression? Right. And no, I don't think that, so please don't hear what right. I'm not right. saying. Yeah. Um. But when I finally let that guard down, number one, there was freedom for me in mm-hmm. that. Um, but then, you know, a, a couple months later – one of um, one of my good girlfriends, mm-hmm. who's in my life group mm-hmm. felt comfortable sharing with me because she was dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to kind of walk that journey. and I was able to to encourage her and speak into that because I what had and was dealing with it, right. And so I think that's another part of of showing those scars is that, you know god, God carries us through things. And it becomes part of our story. Mm -hmm. Um, And he can use that to speak to other people. Mm. And I think that that's that's another thing that believers, we try to push aside um, because we don't want to look like we've messed up. Right. And in reality, if we would just be authentic um, and just be vulnerable, there are so many other people that we could help Mm -hmm. And, and maybe even help not make the same mistakes that we did right like identify it
1: earlier get help earlier
2: right like Mm -hmm. i see i see that you're struggling with something Mm -hmm. that i struggled with Mm -hmm. and like let me help you walk through this right um so i think it's just it it is important to to identify and maybe it's identifying those scars Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we we because we push stuff down so far um that that sometimes a uh, much later on we realize oh wow yeah i was ooh i was really dealing with that and i had no idea right and so i think like just identifying those scars in your life and lives and really um you know asking god to examine that and mm-hmm. and say like what what in me number 1 what in me is messed up and broken mm-hmm. that you need to redeem but what in me can can you use to help someone else mm. and help someone walk Absolutely. walk in that that valley together so
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's so good
1: yeah i think and being um over kids ministry it's something that i really try to do i think that there's a there's a part of us that thinks that following jesus means he's going to make our life perfect mm-hmm. and so that's why you feel like i can't be a believer yeah. And suffer from this. Right. Because somewhere we have this messed up belief that is never in the Bible. Right. That following Jesus means that everything's going to work out okay mm-hmm. on earth. And um, I don't, I can't think of a single time in scripture where that actually happened. It actually was really messed up for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. Almost every time they followed Jesus, it was actually harder. He says, take up your cross right. and follow me. It's not easy, it's a narrow path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I try really hard. We talk about, you know, God's a loving God and God made you and he loves you. And Jesus wants to be your friend forever. And all of that is true. But none of that means that your parents aren't going to get divorced or you're not going to have to move away from your school or your grandparents aren't going to pass away. Like life is still going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if believers, we hide our scars because we think that it it must show a problem with our faith. If we have a problem, it means that we are not good enough believers because God can yeah. make it perfect. Yeah. And so I think as believers, we have to drop that because what's happening in this next generation is then they they think as soon as something goes wrong that God doesn't love them, God's not real, right. Jesus isn't there for them. And so, in our kids' ministry here, we try very hard to tell all those truths about who God is, but also the truth about the fallen world that we live in. And it's going to be tough. And we're going to have, you know, fights with friends and things are going to happen. But God's with us through all of those is the mm-hmm. promise. Not that they're going to go away, but that God's with us. And I think that's what we show our kids is that none of those went away. Because if they think that we're having this, you know, perfect life, then they think. I'm not perfect, and I'm struggling, Mm -hmm. so God's not real to me. And Mm -hmm. so let God be real to them in the hurt. And I think that maybe could save the next generation for the church and for the kingdom. Uh,
0: Casey, you shared two accounts uh, from the ministry of Jesus with us on Sunday, and Mm -hmm. um, they were both incredible. And the first one really hit me in the heart because if I had thought about it, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, the fact that – the resurrected Jesus could have literally appeared in any form that he chose, and he mm-hmm. chose to keep his scars. Mm-hmm. And that that was just incredible for me to think about that yeah. that he – and and it wasn't just for Thomas, I don't think. No. That was the example was Thomas, yes. right? But, but I think it was for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. And, you know, he, he appeared in a locked room to Thomas after he had been declared dead in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone had seen him die and put into a tomb. And he appeared in a locked room, but somehow, uh, you know, that wasn't enough for some people, right. you know, like him appearing in a locked room after he was dead. And he knew that. He knew that mm-hmm. there there would need to be a scar scene to mm-hmm. truly believe. And um, one of our volunteers is named Thomas. And we were talking about it because he was like, it was really cool. People rarely talk about Thomas, that story. Mm -hmm. Because Thomas really gets a bad rap. Very Um, bad rap. Yeah. Doubting Thomas. It's like the worst
0: nickname ever. It's really,
1: really (laughs) bad. But if you look, he's not mentioned a ton specifically. But um, in the story when Lazarus is sick and uh, they're saying, you know, Jesus is like, I need to go back. Well, they knew that him going back was actually going to get him arrested. Like they want you there, they'll kill you. You mm-hmm. can't. The, all the disciples are saying, "We can't go back. We can't go back." And it's actually Thomas, who is very brave, and stands up and says, "Lord, if you feel like you need to go back, then we will follow you there. Like we we are with you." And that was Thomas standing up and saying, "I'll face death for you. Like let's let's march back in." And then you know, a couple of accounts later, and he's yeah. like, "I don't know if I believe this guy." <laughs> But to me, that also shows bravery, you know, sure. and to to be able to voice your doubts, because how many times have we doubted and we're too afraid to say it? You mm-hmm. know, I can't I can't show that I don't believe completely. I can't right. show that I'm struggling with this. I can't show that I'm doubting. And the fact that he could stand up and say, I, I'm going to need God to do something huge for me to step yeah. in and believe yeah. right now. Um, i don't know that he was doubting Thomas as much as he was just brave Thomas an honest thomas and oh the fact that jesus was so patient with him man mm-hmm. i love that i love that about Jesus and that he was willing to show his scars and say here you go like you, yes you matter to me i kept my scars in my resurrected body because thomas you matter to me and i want you to follow me that just touches me that's yeah that's as my jesus that loves us that much and it's, it's that personal to him
0: it's a completely different podcast but i think you know a lesson for us there is that we have to create environments where people can explore who jesus is
1: absolutely and
0: have their doubts and bring bring everything that they need mm-hmm. uh, while they figure out who he is absolutely mm-hmm. um the other example uh and and this one hit me in the heart as well was the example of zacchaeus yeah zacchaeus is a, a a dude <laughs> <laughs> a wee little man <laughs> um, probably more importantly he's a tax collector yeah, yeah like he he is the lowest of the low in their culture um and he goes looking for Jesus but Jesus sees him
1: yeah i know this one gets me and it's a story that i've told before but i think it's important to remember that because um all of us but especially on Mother's Day. I think mothers feel unseen a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, You know, there's a, the whole thing about, you know, if a, a dad has their kids at the park, it's they should get an award. Look at that dad, <laughs> dad of right. the year. If a mom does it, it's like, but did she put sunscreen on them? I mean, <laughs> is that organic juice? Yeah. And so there's a lot about being a mom that just feels unappreciated. And yeah. I see Zacchaeus, you know, Completely unappreciated. He was the lowest of the low, the worst of the worst. He was a cheat. But man, he was trying his best to see Jesus. He was, I mean, when when the Bible uses words like ran and climbed and things like that, like this isn't just a dude that was like out doing his job and looked up and there was Jesus. This was a man working hard Mm -hmm. to see Jesus. Like I feel like a lot of us moms, like we are working hard and we're trying to see Jesus and we're trying to show Jesus. And we feel like we're elbowed to the side and we're pushed to the ground a little bit in what we do. And so for him to run and climb and sit in that tree because he wanted to see Jesus, but for Jesus to see him, like he didn't call for his attention. And he was a wee little man sitting up in that tree. You know, it's not like Mm -hmm. he was just some giant guy. He was a wee little man and Jesus could have just passed right under him. And Zacchaeus would have gone home saying, I saw Jesus. But instead, the story is that Jesus saw Zacchaeus and called him by his name, didn't call him by what he did or what he had messed up on, but called him by his name. And uh, so much of our identity gets wrapped up in what we do and what we accomplish or what we don't do and what we don't accomplish. Um, I think it makes me sad that in kids' ministry – None of that gets pointed out. What gets pointed out is that he's a wee little man that sat in a tree. <laughs> right. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Jesus is the star of this story. That's right. Though, and uh, that's one of my favorite ways to look at Scripture because so many times, you know, our worldview flips it around. And But Jesus is the star of the story to walk up with everything that he was dealing with, knowing that he was really marching into Jerusalem and going to his crucifixion. No one else knew it but him. But he still stopped and said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And, you know, Zacchaeus wasn't worthy. He wasn't. But Jesus saw him and called his name. And that, that story comforts me constantly whenever I feel like I've – this is something Pastor Eddie makes fun of me because sometimes I feel like I let Jesus down. He's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not holding him up, so you're okay. <laughs> and it's in those moments where I'm like, gosh, I just really screwed this one up. I'm really oh, – I'm, I'm no good, you know. It doesn't matter. He's still calling my name. He's not calling out what I did. He's calling my name. And that, that brings me a lot of comfort.
0: Yeah. Would you guys talk a little bit about what it's like to be in your phase of life as moms, as wives, as moms, as ministers, um, and to know that Jesus does see you? Because mm-hmm. our culture is becoming more and more complex, especially in, in this idea of, of roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm um what what's it mean to you guys that Jesus sees you on a daily basis
2: oh <laughs> right no i think um it's pretty powerful um i think it's it is really easy for moms um and you know and for single parents and you know peop- single grandparents and mm-hmm. a lot of these different roles so i'm I'm not trying to say moms mm-hmm. are the the best at everything but um as a mom, I can speak to that. But um, yeah, I think it's really easy to be in the phase of life and just feel kind of, um, I think, bogged down a little bit and feeling like, maybe I should be doing more or, you know, Mm -hmm. what does this look like? And like, for me with littles, you know, when after I had Colby, our youngest, I was like, am I, should I go back to work? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, what does this look like for me? And Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, still navigating through that, trying to figure out really what mm-hmm. what this new role as a mom of two mm-hmm. looks like. Um, and something that I saw, it's been months ago, um, and I honestly can't even think of the exact wording, but um, it talks about, like, it's okay if your ministry right now is changing diapers. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and like your your ministry is is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you and I have even talked about that, Mm -hmm. Casey, Um, that, you know, God has equipped you for the season that you're in, for the Mm -hmm. phase that you're in, whether you feel equipped or not. Right. Um, And, you know, he's still using those moments, those weeks. And even if you feel like, man, I should be, you know charging the gates of hell yeah. with a water gun. Right. But I'm sitting here changing a dirty diaper on a Sunday morning. Right. Like that is still ministry and
0: That's good. God yeah.
2: still sees you in mm-hmm. those moments mm-hmm. and um you know, and I cannot take credit for that. There's something that I saw <laughs> weeks ago um mm-hmm. that I think one of the one of the moms I know that's in ministry, mm-hmm. you know, with her husband, um and it's just it spoke to me because I was like, you know, even if, even if my ministry looks different, it's still ministry. Right. And God's still using that, and um, and yeah, I think sometimes being in parenthood um, can feel a little isolating, a little mm-hmm. lonely at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those moments, to know like that God sees you and He meets you right there, and yeah, um, like you. You know, he's just—he's walking with you. Right. He's felt everything that you felt, um, and you know, he's—I feel like Jesus when he was doing some ministry, like that was pretty lonely at times. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like like when he's the only one awake praying. (laughs) Yes. He's telling his disciples, like, "Can you stay awake, please? Like, I'm going to go pray. Stay awake, and." How many moms can relate Absolutely. to middle of the night feeds? I'm the only one awake. I'm the only one awake. Right. Um, side note, my husband does a really, really good job of yeah. helping with feeds. So yes. again, don't hear what I'm not saying. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think just knowing that in the little moments that you feel like are very mm-hmm. insignificant, mm-hmm. God is making significant. Absolutely. And I think that is that's really, really neat, and that's something that that only our God does, right? You know, because He is living, because He is active, and you know, it's. I, I don't have. I don't have to do this big, grand thing to mm-hmm. be seen mm-hmm. by Him, yeah. mm-hmm. but that He really is just sitting with me, right, while I'm feeding my baby or changing a diaper or. Sitting on the bathroom floor waiting right. for your toddler to go to the bathroom. Right. Yes. Apparently I only can think about bodily I know, right. functions <laughs> right now. Um, that's I apologize. the phase you're in. Yeah. Your phase exactly. in the that is, body functions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Knee deep in Yes. That. But um yeah, it is it's a, a very neat yeah. thing that God is so He's so interested in right. in you.
1: I think um something that blows my mind is it, Jesus could have appeared in any way. He could yeah. have been, you know, manifested on this earth as a grown man and just walked into town and people are right. like, who's this dude? Where, where'd where he come from? Um, I mean, there weren't, you know, social security cards at the time. No one could have, you know, tracked like where, <laughs> right. what yeah. hospital was he born in? Um, so he, he could have appeared in any way, but he was birthed and yes. he, he was a baby that was ministered to, by changing Mm -hmm. cloth diapers and being fed and taught to walk and taught to talk. And I mean, this was, he became a baby and he did not have to be. And so for God to choose to appear that way shows me that those developing years are very important to God, very important because he could have bypassed all that. And so I think that's one reason why we need to, to pay attention to these phases God Himself went through these phases as Jesus and he chose to. We don't really get the choice. He chose to do it. and I think we need to look at that. There's some importance in that and in the humanity that God faced in that. He was as helpless as it gets and and he was raised by a mom and a dad, um, a stepdad. And so you know, sometimes we gloss over some of those facts and we just think of this angelic baby laying in a manger, but he was human. Um, and, and all of the necessary bodily function forms, and someone had to care for him and mm-hmm. and God cared about that so much that that he came back in that form. So I think it is important what we do. And Andy Stanley says the biggest thing you accomplish might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Yeah. And um, no Ooh. pressure on that one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I can write some amazing curriculum or I can tell just a kick tell Bible story. But none of that is going to impact as much as the lives that we're forming in our home and what they're going to be able to do. And it's tough for me because I do feel like, obviously, I'm called to be a mom. I have three kids. I love them very much. I love being a mom, but I also feel a call to ministry. Um, and so learning to balance that can be really tough. Um, one thing I cannot take credit for that I read about Zacchaeus as I was studying for, for this message, um, it says somewhere someone wrote that long before Zacchaeus climbed the tree, Jesus planted the seed. So the tree would be there when Zacchaeus wow. needed it. And that, um, I know, right? God God That's controls so everything. Um, yeah. And God is the creator of all. So God created that tree that Zacchaeus would climb years and years and years later, knowing that. So in these moments where I don't know what to do, I don't know, uh, you know the work mom balance the still being a wife on top of all that still being a daughter to my parent like trying to figure out what to do somewhere God's planted a seed for a tree that I don't even know I need yet and Mm -hmm. I have to take so much comfort in knowing that there's a God that is right here with me that values what I'm doing that sees me and has already met my need before I even knew it would be a need he's already planted that seed and so what an amazing God we serve
0: that's incredible. What a great conversation, Seriously, ladies. That's so good. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your time so much today. And hey, listeners, we're going to continue this idea of just a phase, and the conversation will continue over the next few weeks. Um, hey, to our Laura listeners, we appreciate you so much. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Uh, follow us on social media at Marathon Church. And please, we would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, info at MarathonChurch.org. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time.